1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple or Android. You can also find us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. So download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day, Eastern Time, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And, of course, Pacific Time, 7 p.m. To 8 a.m. Also, check out five fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out F I V E. ReasonsSports.com. That's where you can find all of our free South Florida sports content, not just the Heat, but also the Dolphins at one and three. The Hurricanes, seventh in the country now in both polls as they prepare for Clemson. The Marlins playing the Braves in the first round, Inner Miami, and more. Also, our YouTube channel now over 7,000 subscribers. New shows going up there. All the time, as well as a lot of the Zoom videos with the various athletes and coaches in town. So make sure that you check that out. And all the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, all of them are local. We encourage you to reach out to them, including our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at PA. Call the office 954-566-5678. This is a real estate litigation and transaction law firm in both commercial and residential with a full service attorney owned title company. $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases. When mentioning five reasons, they handle evictions for both landlords and tenants and they offer flat fee evictions practicing for nearly 15 years. Again, it's Mark, M-A-R-C, brownpa.com. Call the office, 954-566-5678. Mention five reasons, $295 closing fee. So, of course, tell them that we sent you. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Make sure to check out our other preview episodes. Alex, myself, Greg, Alf. We previewed game four, obviously looked back at the, what's going to be known, I guess, as the Jimmy Butler game. Also, we put up another episode with some of the press conferences, the Zoom press conferences from yesterday, which included Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Goran Dragic, and Bam Adebayo. Now my next guest was actually in the bubble for quite a while from the beginning until through the end of the first round of the playoffs. I worked at cleveland.com for a while. I got to know him uh, the year that I was up covering LeBron in Cleveland, 14-15, and he has since moved on to the athletic. We're going to just focus on LeBron here. I know, Joe, that is a new thing for you. Um, You've never (laughs) been asked to do that before. I've got Joe Varden with me. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Varden. It's completely different. This is going to be totally out of the box for you.
0: Okay, I'm ready to roll. You know, it's, it's, uh, I was listening to your read in and I was just thinking, I, I knew you when you were just the national NBA writer. And now look, you're a,
1: an entrepreneur. It's, it's amazing. I don't know if it's necessarily a step up, um, <laughs> but, but, but it's working. And actually, the Heat have helped. So I want to thank the Miami Heat for, uh, doubling our YouTube numbers and our subscriber numbers over the past three weeks. So, uh, wh- whatever Riley, Harrison, and, and the like are doing, it's been helpful to us let's dig into lebron uh heat fans have a complicated relationship with lebron there is among most of them appreciation for what he accomplished here the four finals the two championships there was some disgust at the way that he left um and kind of some things that happened with riley who obviously is beloved down here and some of the others in the organization on the way out the door i feel like some of that had healed over the past few years a little bit more appreciation on both sides And now, Joe, down here in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida, I feel it coming back again um, that Heat fans, they don't really love the antics in this series, the whining to the refs. They were okay with it, I think, when he was playing on the Heat. But some of that stuff, and then the comments yesterday kind of implying that he doesn't talk trash, but other players have to do that to get themselves up for it. Generally, what do you think his approach to this series has been Um, And where do you think his head's at right now at 2-1 in the series, in the NBA Finals?
0: Well, I think I would start with, um, I can't remember if he said this immediately after game three or if he said it yesterday. I I think it's the former, but he said he dropped a, we're not concerned, um, which he's done before in his career. I think he did that to the Raptors, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They were, they, uh, they had, blown a 2-0 lead and, and had lost both games in, in Toronto. I think this might have even been the championship year. And uh, his response was, no, we're not concerned. I mean, you know, you, you have a, a series tied at two. There's three games left and, and just totally brushed them off. And I, and I think he kind of did that to the heat here. Um, now, the reason why he would feel so comfortable in doing that is that Anthony Davis just wasn't very good in game three. And, and, and I know um, LeBron wasn't great either. You know, he had eight turnovers and it was kind of back to the old LeBron in terms of um, not playing defense and missing rotations and just screaming at teammates. Like he hadn't really done that for the Lakers this year. Um, so, you know, I think if you're a heat fan and you're hearing this and you're seeing this, and then you have, I think the the other thing is you have a guy at least one who's shown that he wants to rise up to the challenge, and that's Jimmy Butler. So I think you add all of those things together, and 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 yeah, it, it would rub you the wrong way. Um, you know, I've spent a, a lot of time in this series thinking about what would this be like? Now, don't laugh, uh, but, but if the Cavs were actually in the finals now, hmm. um, I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I mean, you know, I mean, that'll be decades, but Um, But just from an emotional standpoint, you know, I I don't think people could handle it, Um, even though now, by and large, everybody here is fine that that he's gone. And so it makes sense to me for what's what's happening in Miami. Um, But I don't think LeBron, to answer your last question, I don't think he's worried. Um, He knows his his one a played, you know, one of his worst games in a while. Mm-hmm. um and he actually kind of called him out on it so i think the lakers still feel pretty good about where they are
1: so i have a general idea about how he feels about certain people that are involved in this series um but you may have a better idea because um, you've been you were around him a little bit more afterwards so i don't know what he discussed relative to any of this um afterwards so let me give you some names and you tell me your impression of what he thinks of them pat riley yeah, I mean, I think that
0: um, he's always going to harbor that grudge um, and was upset over the, the lack of respect he felt that Pat showed him uh, upon leaving. Um, but LeBron used that, uh, I think, as internal motivation. He told that to our friend Dave McMenamin once. And, um, you know, he won in 16. So, in effect, proving Pat wrong. Um, so, I think – I don't mean to say LeBron is over it. Um, but I think some time has healed that wound to a degree. It's not like the way LeBron looks at Phil Jackson, for
1: instance. So it's not like someone who made a posse comment. I, because when I, when I was up there in 14, 15, I've told this on five on the floor. So people are kind of tired of it, but LeBron used to ask me about Pat, like the one day that Pat made the comment about hidden faces, you know, or smiling faces yeah. with hidden agendas, which was, was really in reference to trying to re-sign Dragic and but he was comparing Dragic to what they dealt with the previous summer. And as I've told, you know, I watched that from, you know, a pizza place in downtown Cleveland, went out to independence. I think you were actually the one who asked him about it. Is that, sure. is, that is that right? I believe of course. So. it sounds <laughs> like you, um, you you, 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 asked him about it. And then after he kind of danced around it, he pulled me aside afterwards on his way out to the court and said, what the F did Ryle say now? And when I tried to explain it, as he was walking away, he, you know, he mentioned the Muhammad Ali cover with the arrows going through it. Um, he had the cover wrong, which a lot of people would is actually the Esquire cover, but I think he said New York Times Magazine. And uh, you know, as, as he was being persecuted by Pat, um, that's kind of until the McMenamin comment. That's that's really the last that I'd sort of heard of it. I know in Pat's case, because I did you know long interviews with Pat about this, that he, there was enormous frustration with him towards LeBron. Um, Do you think that there is respect there at all, though? Like, do you think he respects Pat?
0: So, I mean, just so so people can understand, like, by accident, I I really prepared for this interview. I've spent the morning um, reading every word said by and about LeBron in the finals, both sides. And in reading LeBron's comments in this finals, he continues to quote Pat. The, I mean, LeBron has said, let's keep the main thing the main thing since the day he left the Heat. He said it for four years here in Cleveland, and now he's saying it all the time with the Lakers. You know, I mean, I, I still spend a lot of time around them uh, in Los Angeles and elsewhere. He says it every chance he gets, and now in the bubble and, and in the finals, he repeatedly says, let's keep the main thing the main thing. And where did he learn that? He learned it from Pat. So the answer to your question is yes, there is respect there. And the the simple proof is you do not walk around quoting someone that you don't have respect for.
1: Well, that's true. And the main thing, the main thing that is like the ultimate Pat, the Rileyism, he also has quoted lots of Spoisms over the years. And I I feel like the respect for Eric. Came faster. Maybe that's because he had the fighter pilot David Blatt as his first, um, (laughs) as his first post Spolstra quote. But I actually felt like you know he knew he was going to get asked all these all these questions before the finals started. He was clearly annoyed by the questions when he did the Zoom call the other day. But I thought he handled it generally fine. I I know some of my co-hosts didn't like it, but knowing like. LeBron, that was his attempt not to be passive-aggressive, kind of, and it still came off passive-aggressive. But I thought that the Spolster comments, although weird in some way, because he was saying that we don't give him credit, which, again, it was LeBron who kind of didn't really want to play for Spo initially here. I thought his comments for Spo were a little bit more genuine than maybe they are for Pat. Has he ever talked to Spolster about – to you about Spolster? No, he hasn't. And and
0: I I mean, I would say, um, so what it's, it's been, I guess, six years now, right, since since LeBron left Miami. And if he spent 10 minutes with with Eric Spolstra in those last six years, that would be a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There just, there isn't that much of a relationship there. Um, but at the same time, as of course, everyone <laughs> down there realizes, they did win twice and go to four finals. So it's much more... You know, having kind of been through it with Eric and and looking back and looking back fondly on him, which which LeBron does that. I mean, LeBron now speaks very highly of Mike Brown, um, who was his coach here the first time he went to the finals in Cleveland in in 07. And I mean, Mike lost his job uh, here at the end of the 10 season, basically because, you know, he couldn't win with LeBron and LeBron hadn't really embraced him by the end. And so LeBron does this. He, um, when he has time away, he, he can look back and, and, and speak like this uh, of Spolstra. It, it's interesting uh, talking to people around LeBron during this series. One of the things that they feel like that needs to be corrected is that it wasn't, it wasn't that LeBron was giving Eric a hard time. It was mm-hmm. that no one wanted to play uh, for him or that everybody right. was having, was, was having like these issues with the quote heat culture. Mm-hmm. And I do, you, you, at some level, that's nonsense, but, but because of course, LeBron was harder on Eric than anybody and felt that he had already had built the cachet to be able to do that. But when you think about the heat and you think about heat culture, which is something people talk about all the time, it does emanate from Pat and, and Eric is, is a, uh, a Lieutenant, right? A, a, a chief Lieutenant in, in, in the heat um, in in heat culture. And so when you're LeBron and, 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 and Bosh and whoever else being forced to go to these, like, public events that they make you do with the Heat and show up early for practice like they make you do, I mean, how, you know, I guess you take that out on Eric at the time because he's the one, like, talking to you at the end of practice. But it, I think it still goes back to, to Pat. And so, you know, if, if I had to say which of the two, like LeBron still kind of looks at with a raised eyebrow, I think it would be Pat. I I think the respect, um, respect he has for both guys. Sure. But I think maybe the admiration uh, Mm -hmm. that you heard the other day towards Spolstra was, was genuine.
1: Yeah. I think he views um, Eric as maybe a warmer person, although it's funny, Pat has mellowed so much over the years um, and has become you know, much more. This is one of the reasons I think he was so frustrated the way LeBron left is he's become much more sentimental, and that was one of the things he talked about when LeBron left is we're all going to be here, you know, having barbecues with our families for the next ten years. And LeBron never really bought into that because he's got his own "quote unquote" family. He has his team, he has his group that he's with, and I, I don't, I don't think the two ever totally match. It's interesting when you say LeBron had to kind of be the point person because I perceived that more at the end. The last year, everybody was tired of Spo. They were, I mean, Ray Allen was tired of Spo. I mean, UD was tired of Spo. They were all tired. Okay. <laughs> they were tired of each other. It wasn't just, you know, and it's, it's yeah. the quote that Dwayne gave me after the 2000, 2000- after the 14 finals and way after LeBron left where he said, you know, you know, last year wasn't fun. And that, that got a lot of attention because Dwayne had never really sort of said that publicly before, but we knew that like Shane Battier wanted to retire the first day at training camp in 14. Okay. Uh, You know, Ray was furious. Rio was not happy. Chris Anderson knew he was going to get like, I mean, they just weren't happy. And that happens. I mean, you probably experienced some of that in Cleveland. I mean, at the end, um, nobody's happy. That's, that's how these, In many dynasties' work, Um, and even happened in Golden State. But one more, and then I want to get to this series. What does he think of Jimmy Butler? Because he's always spoken really highly of Jimmy. Um, Heat fans have embraced Jimmy because, in a lot of ways, uh, my co host Greg Sylvander, I thought made a great comparison last night, which I wish I'd thought of. In Heat history, LeBron is Shaq and Jimmy is Zoe. Like, Jimmy embodies. all the heat culture stuff. And it's off, like, Jimmy is authentic. Like Zoe is authentic. Shaq and LeBron are more, they even though all four of guys came from somewhere else, like right? Alonzo came from Charlotte and Jimmy came from three other places. Shaq, obviously LA and LeBron Cleveland, LeBron and Shaq felt borrowed, like, you know, sort of concerned about their images, um, all that sort of stuff, the way that they're perceived. Whereas Jimmy and Zoe are just like, this is me. <laughs> And, right. and he, he culture is very, this is me. Like we are what we are. We don't really give a bleep what you think to the point that, that Eric Spolstra is cursing at every press conference, which is fascinating to me because that's the Spolstra I know but it's not the one he has shown to the world until recently where he, he sounds like Jimmy Butler, you know, we don't give a shit when anybody thinks I'm like, okay, Spo. I'm, I'm trying to think of Spo saying that during the big three era, um, mm-hmm. he's grown into his own skin, but I, I'm fascinated by the the Jimmy LeBron thing because Jimmy is one of the few guys in the league who would go at LeBron the way he did the other night and just not give a bleep. And how does LeBron, most guys don't do that. Like usually it's like the Lance Stevenson's, like the clowns of the world who've done that. But this is a legitimate all star who go who doesn't so he he respects lebron but he doesn't worship at the altar of lebron what does he think of jimmy butler
0: yeah i think and i'm glad you i'm glad you've gone there because the heat roster just like at the top the, the heat roster has players that have histories with lebron and so i'm glad we're gonna go beyond the two guys that he played for um jimmy is the first one and there there is a history with jay crowder for sure uh, and then Kelly, o- Kelly Olenek too. Mm-hmm. Is the that, and then, of course, Andre Iguodala. So, so there's four guys that we can talk about. Jimmy, um, the way LeBron's going to look at him is he's going to base it all. Starting with with 2015, you were there, I think you were sitting right next to me. Uh, game four, LeBron turned and hit that shot over him on the mm-hmm. left baseline. United center in Chicago and totally changed that series. Uh, the Bulls did not win another game. Um, and so that is the prism through which LeBron views Jimmy. Very nice player, great competitor, um, could never beat LeBron in the playoffs, just never could do it. And so th- there isn't going to be, at least there wasn't like some of this like rivalry stuff um, that LeBron always tries to play down, but, but does exist with, with him and some guys that's not Jimmy uh, for, for LeBron. Um, You know, I, I am aware obviously that there was a little bit of a back and forth the other night in game three. And, you know, I I think the way this will evolve, I don't, I, you know, (laughs) and Let's hope that, I, that I'm not wrong and they, they get in, like, a fistfight or something tonight. But but I, I don't think that the, the talk is going to be what um, draws them to each other or what elevates them in their, in, in each other's eyes. It's going to be can Jimmy sustain this and continue to go at, at LeBron and, mm-hmm. and get another win, make this series interesting. Um, Jimmy certainly has LeBron's respect, but it's not um, – it's just you know Le- lebron has beat him in every way that you can to this point and so that's how he's going to approach this
1: that shot pretty much ended the bulls um it pretty yeah. pretty much ended the bulls that was i mean they, they pretty much quit after that and uh, i i don't think it was jimmy that quit but it was some other guys on that team and and so yeah i mean lebron is responsible for so many sort of budding you know mm-hmm. contenders falling apart whether it was those pacers teams with hibbert and west and and Paul George or those bulls teams. And obviously that's a similarity he has with Jordan because Jordan did it to the Knicks. He did it to the Pacers. Uh, he did it to so many other teams, but yeah, I, I think he views, like you said, I think he views Jimmy as a, a player who's between 10 and 20 in the league <laughs> who can have a night who will compete with him, but is not on the Curry level is not. And I know his, he has obviously mixed feelings about Steph, but not, not on the KD level. Um, not on the AD level, right? And, and maybe even in some sense, not on the Russ level, although I, I think we should reevaluate that one. But I, I just, I don't think he views Jimmy quite there. You mentioned a couple others before we go to break. Uh, obviously the Olympic thing goes back to Kevin Love and the playoffs, but I'm curious about the relationship with Jay Crowder because Jay uh, has spoken highly of LeBron, said, you know, he's the guy you got to go through. But that whole thing in Cleveland didn't, I mean, Jay didn't play particularly well in Cleveland, like it's probably the worst he's played, right? I mean, between Boston, Utah, and obviously he's been great in Miami. He's been terrific in Miami, Um, but he wasn't, he didn't play real well as a Cav, did he?
0: No, it was was a terrible
1: time for for Jay here. And and it was,
0: um, you know, it was a a terrible, you know, you said that in year four uh, of of the Heatles, everybody was sick of each other and, and here in Cleveland in, in year four, you know, Kyrie was gone. Um, They had to trade him were uh, well, they they chose to trade him anyway, um, and and Jay was among the players who came over, and Isaiah Thomas was busted by then already, and so he's not even out there. And then in addition to that, Jay Crowder just wasn't wasn't good, and so LeBron had to look at him every day, and watch this, um, and 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 think about this is what we got for Kyrie, and so you know the frustration there was real, and and Jay. The, there certainly was no love lost between them as the year went along. And, and Jay, I mean, he was among the, I think, seven players the Cavs traded the trade deadline that, that year. I mean, you think about it. They literally had to trade half their roster. Um, hmm. and, and including Dwayne. Inclu- <laughs> yeah, including Dwayne, which is – I still, to even to this day – Like I I think about that, how the Cavs traded LeBron's best friend, which I think raises a number of questions. On
1: well, well, I want to stop you there before we get into Jay because that actually that trade, in a lot of ways, in my view, is responsible for where the Heat are now. I I was going to write about that, so I'm glad you reminded me, because if if Dwayne is not traded back, and that was basically Andy Ellisberg and Kobe Altman, just like off the cuff, like Kobe was like, "We'll send you Dwayne," and he was like, really? And then and Andy went to Dwayne, went to P- Spo and Spoh thought he was kidding. Like, sure. like uh, you know, what is it? And, and, but the reality of it is, Joe, if that trade doesn't happen, okay, if Dwayne doesn't come back, get back in the good graces with the organization, make this kind of a, you know, cause th- this place for a couple of years, I mean, you know, it was Whiteside land. I mean, this is, a, you know, which is a wasteland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and it was not a place that looked like a desirable destination anymore, which was amazing because this has always been a desirable destination. And it had run-ins with all of its best players on the way out the door, including Bosch, which was that one was not the heat's fault, you know, and I think even Chris would acknowledge that now. But obviously things didn't end well with Dwayne, but they were able to bring him back, have a homecoming. He wins a playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then he has this kind of amazing, amazing last season, even though they don't make the postseason, but where he's celebrated everywhere. It makes the Heat look like this incredibly welcoming, warm, you know, family organization again. Jimmy Butler, who happens to be here for the very last home game that Dwayne Wade plays and there's a famous picture of him sitting with Dwayne at the scorer's table. Jimmy is overwhelmed by what the heat did to send Dwayne off that plays into his decision to come here. That sets up everything that happens. So to be honest, Kobe Altman. And I I'm, a, as you know, I am a personal fan of Kobe. He deserves a playoff share. Like if that, if that doesn't happen, I don't know that the heat looked like the heat. If this is still the place that Dwayne was pissed off leaving, is Jimmy here? Probably not. Right. Right. Does this look like an organization that anybody wants to join? Probably not. Is Pat done? Maybe. I mean that, that trade, like the Dwayne Wade trade, we don't talk about it enough. And for a second round pick, did that pick even ever register? Did they ever end up with anything out of that?
0: It I mean, conditional. If,
1: it, if it did, I couldn't tell you. I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't,
0: I honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was. And, you know, from a basketball standpoint, um, You know, Dwayne was having a very good year that year in the role that he uh, sort of fit into here in Cleveland, and all along he was signed. the 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 reason he was he was said to have been brought here was that come a finals against the Warriors, you would need more players who kind of know what they're doing and and can create on their own. Um, especially off the bench, which the Cavs had struggled with, you know, the previous year in, in the finals there. And Dwayne fit that perfectly and was, it was, a, was a glaring hole uh, on the Cavs team when they actually got to the finals. Um, he, he, along with Isaiah Thomas, were the two people who went at Kevin Love over what turned out to be a panic attack, and that, that totally ripped the room apart. Um, that team never recovered, led to the giant number of trades. And so Dwayne was a part of that, but then also just like, I, and this is like the chess piece that I can't quite put my finger on, you know, you don't trade LeBron's best friend ever, uh, especially if you're trying to keep him. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they did it, uh, did the Cavs ever really expect that they were going to keep LeBron? Are LeBron and Dwayne, were they as close then as, as we were all led to believe? Like, I don't know there I think there is an answer there um that that goes beyond the cookie cutter stuff but yeah I mean the heat were in some kind of way before that and and um certainly absolutely uh sparked a renaissance um and just kind of like that feel-good vibe toward the heat that that hadn't been there no doubt I
1: wonder wonder what Dan Gilbert thinks of that now because I mean he Dan Gilbert did more to take the heat off the rails than anybody else in the league, whether it was some of the complaining and to, to get the rules that the way they were with the uh, with obviously, you know, him calling it unfair and the sign and trades and all the draft picks that he had to give up and then ending up getting LeBron and not having to do any of that and all the other stuff that happened. And then essentially gives the heat a lifeline to, for a rebirth by trading them back their franchise icon Um it's, I mean, it it was appreciated down here and I understand the human sentiment of it that give Dwayne, you know, let Dwayne go to a place where he's comfortable after he had, again, both things that happened, him getting traded, but also the fact that he went to Chicago in the first place, which is where he and Jimmy started talking about the heat. Like if those two things don't happen that him going to Chicago, him going to Cleveland and getting traded from Cleveland None of this is happening in my view. All right. I want to get to LeBron's legacy stuff. We're going to close with that before we do though. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reason sports network. And that's MyBookie.ag. unless you've been living under a rock, you know, the NFL's back. NBA playoffs are in full swing, which can mean only one thing. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game's 10 times more exciting when I put money on it, especially because I'm seven for my last seven. Um, I'm not going to say who I like tonight because the heat fans are going to get upset at me, regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season with the biggest online selection of bets and props. They made it simple to win and easy to withdraw your cash right now. They've got a $100,000 super contest for only a $10 entry, and they're giving away 5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return on your investment. Ten bucks to win thousands. Sign me up. You too can sign up in My bookie. Use the promo code five to claim your hundred percent deposit match. That's a hundred percent deposit match with the code five, all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you put a hundred in, they'll give you another hundred. It's an easy way to jumpstart your bankroll. NFL, NBA, and MLB—they got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started on your winning season, especially at myBookie.ag. All right, let's close here, Joe. This has been a weird deal. Um, The bubble's been a weird deal. I have sort of joked that ESPN is only going to consider this a legitimate championship if LeBron wins it. Um, If the Heat wins it, there's going to forever be an asterisk. I mean, maybe there will be an asterisk for some if LeBron wins it. What do you think this particular championship would mean to LeBron?
0: Well, I just, I mean, I'm going to take issue with, um, taking, the, taking a, t- uh, a title away from or put, putting an asterisk on anybody who wins this, uh, including the Heat, because the conditions were the same for everyone. And, you, you know, I mean, just because this wasn't like a regular NBA year, everyone had to kind of do – everyone kind of had to go through the same set of challenges, and, you know, like, like with any regular NBA season – Um, it is how you handle those challenges throughout the course of the year. I mean, you know, you have a tough travel schedule in the finals, like so be it, or or in the conference finals, we'll say, so be it. Like the other side doesn't, you still, you got to find a way to, to, to get through it. And so here, you know, you had to find a way to get through the isolation and the rules and just kind of the weirdness of it all. And so the heat, I I had written that. I thought the heat might um, because of heat culture that they, they, They were kind of like a dark horse to maybe get really far in the Eastern Conference, so kudos to them if they're able to turn this around. Um, Wanted to say that, but when you get to LeBron and the legacy stuff, and, and I had written this at The Athletic, when he left Cleveland, not just after having won in 16, but then also the way he went out in 18, He played in all 108 games. He dragged a a franchise that was so in disarray already that they had to trade half the players and he dragged them back to the finals. He won two game sevens in the process. Like his legacy was cemented and he had gone to a place in Los Angeles where sure he could win another title, but if he did, he would just be joining the very, very long line of legends there from Kobe and Shaq to Magic and Worthy to Kareem and Wilton, Jerry West, and on down the line. Just he would have been joining something that wasn't his. And then this year comes along, and it's so weird and it's so tragic. And not to mention, they got caught in a political upheaval in China, of all places. Um, and 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 now you have to say well wait a minute um this is different and 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 then I also add into that like to make sure the Lakers got this far like LeBron changed who he is you know he is not the scowling like uh intimidating inside his own locker room you know pouting at times like icing out coaches like that That's who he had. That's kind of what he learned and who he was with the heat. And he brought all that to Cleveland and it worked. Um, But he has totally embraced Anthony Davis and totally allowed Frank Vogel to coach this team and doesn't pick on Kuzma anymore and doesn't throw a fit when KCP or Danny Green miss wide open threes like he used to do to everybody all the time. Um, So you add all that in. And I, I do think this changes his legacy. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I don't like the, the Michael Jordan stuff. If you want to tell me Michael is better than LeBron, fine. Um, but leading a, three different teams to titles is significant. Um, going to 10 finals is significant and nine out of the last 10 is outrageous. And the thing I always say is, like, being Michael and being LeBron is – it's unlike anything that almost anybody else can compare. And Michael needed to quit twice after three finals runs.
1: Mm-hmm. That,
0: that's all he could handle from a from a stress standpoint, and, and you cannot argue that point. Whereas LeBron went to eight straight, and now he's in his ninth out of ten years, um, and he's still going strong. Like, So I, I really credit LeBron for that um i think it's a huge notch in his belt when it comes to this argument and and yeah if if they're able to close this out um it does change lebron's legacy and and adds to it for
1: sure all right 30 seconds does he finish his career with the lakers yeah i think so
0: um unless you really start getting silly with with the whole bronny thing if if bronny's actually good enough to make the nba one but um he's not going to rip his family out of Los Angeles. There's, mm. That's just, that's not going to happen. And uh, he wants his kids to go to school there and he doesn't want to be away from his kids. So I, I say yes.
1: All right. Joe Varden, follow him on Twitter. His work at The Athletic. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor.